as I mentioned, we have uh, uh, we have been doing a series uh, on the Lord's Prayer, and um, uh, we are uh, next week finishing the series. Uh, but today it's about uh, this part, as I mentioned earlier, where Jesus uh, says uh, or invites us to pray: "Lead us not into temptation." But deliver us from evil, or the evil one, as uh, that word in Greek really means. Phoneos, uh, evil one. Uh, so we heard uh, this uh, reading, in this reading, that our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil, in the heavenly realms. There is a spiritual battle going on. As Christians, we believe that God is completely good and also that He is all-powerful. The challenge with that view is that if God is all-loving and all-powerful, why is there so much pain and suffering and evil in the world. Because pain, suffering and evil challenges uh, the all-lovingness and the all-powerfulness of God. But it is so much easier to make sense of it when we are aware of and understand the reality of an evil spiritual force operating against God and humanity. And how we define this world that we live in is really important because it shapes the way we live our lives. What we think about the world around us shapes the way we relate to one another, the way we, the way we pray, the way we engage in social action, etc., etc. And the Bible gives us an insight. It tries to help us, seeking to help us to understand what is really going on in the world. Our job is to try to make sense of what the Bible tells us. And the Bible says that God existed before creation. God is the creator. All other things are created by him. The very first verse in the Bible. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. You know, we are very familiar with the, the natural world, the natural realm around us. Because we can, we can access the natural world through our senses, you know, through touch and smell and sight, etc. What about the heavens? What about the heavenly realms that Paul uh, writes about in Ephesians 6? It's very clear that there is a so-called cast list of... Next one, I can't seem to get this to work. It's another slide. Um, the cast list of uh, the heavens, or the heavenly realms, is that God is there, God is spirit, the Bible says, God is there in the heavenly realms, the creator. There are angelic beings, spirit beings, there are ser servants, 
It says angles, but it should be angels. Don't worry about that. It's Norwegian spelling. Okay. It should be angels. Okay. They are angels, spirit beings. They're servants of God. Satan is also there in the heavenlies. Satan is a fallen archangel, spirit being. And with uh, Satan there are demons. And they are servants of Satan. We don't have time this morning to, to explore the role of angelic beings. But they are real and they are powerful. And exist to help believers like you and me. They are here to help promote God's work on earth. Demons too are real and powerful. And Jesus said that the purpose of the devil and his demons are especially to kill, steal and destroy and to deceive people according to John's Gospel. It's interesting that one name given to the devil in the Bible is the name Beelzebub. Anyone knows what Beelzebub means? One or two of you. It means Lord of the Flies. Lord of the Flies. Lord, as Lord, the Lord of the Flies, Satan is attracted to decay, death, and destruction. And Satan seeks to lead people and communities towards it. Death, decay, death, and destruction. So, we are caught up in this battle, whether we like it or not, this spiritual battle. What is really important for us to understand is that it's not an equal battle. As Christians, we don't believe in two contrasting and equal forces of good and evil, God and Satan. God is the creator of the universe. Satan is part of his creation, but a fallen part. Satan is a defeated enemy and is about to be utterly wiped out when Jesus returns. However, for now, Satan still has power on earth. And therefore it says in Ephesians 6 that we have a battle, we have a struggle, a battle to contend. And also another thing is, which is important to remember is that uh, Paul says that we don't fight against flesh and blood. People, they're not the enemy. Okay, remember that. Our battle is not against flesh and blood. Our battle lies elsewhere. It is spiritual. So then Jesus in the Lord's Prayer encouraged us to pray, Father, deliver us from evil. You know, Satan is opposed to anything that is good. Anything that God does in your life and in the community that you are part of. And he is seeking to take territory, to gain ground and influence in our daily lives. And to bring us into captivity in areas such as fear, shame, lust and anger. I wonder if you have ever thought, why am I feeling so down today? I'm trying to kind of reason with it. You realize that there's nothing that should bring you down. 
and you still feel down. You feel a bit rubbish. Have you ever thought, why is my marriage such a struggle? Or why am I sick again? Why is there such tension in my workplace? And just to be clear, there may be some very natural and obvious and non-spiritual reasons why these things happen. But, I believe we need to ask the question, is there something else going on? You know, when we read the Gospels and read about Jesus' ministry, we often discover that when people saw sickness or storms, Jesus saw a spiritual evil at work. And Jesus came to deal with the enemy. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. It's very plain. It's very clear. So what are we meant to do? How can we respond to what Jesus asked us to pray for? Alongside praying to God to protect us from temptation and to deliver us, we must use the authority God has given us and to act when faced with evil. To the church, next one, to the church in Ephesus, Paul writes that we should not give the devil a foothold. The word foothold there in Greek is the word topos. It means a secure position from which further progress may be made. Basically, Paul is saying, don't give the devil any space in your life. Not even a little bit of space. Because if we establish a little bit of topos, a foothold, a little bit of space, he will quickly take more. He will grab more space in your life. And that foothold will lead to a stronghold. And a stronghold is much harder to deal with than a foothold. The great news is that the gospel has transformative power. Jesus said as he began his ministry, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. I'm here to bring good news, he said. Good news to the poor. I'm here to set those in captivity free. I'm here to heal the blind. And I'm here to let the oppressed go free. And Paul writes that we have weapons we fight with. And the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world because they are spiritual weapons. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. So, all hope is not lost. If you know or you experience the devil has had or evil has had an inroad into your life, in your family or in your work context, in your neighborhood, we have weapons given to us by Jesus that we can use to demolish even those strongholds. So let me pick up on four very simple, there we go, 
four simple things we can do in response. So how do we resist the enemy? How can God deliver us from evil? I think firstly, very simply, we need to recognize what is going on. A simple question is, a simple prayer is, God, show me what is really going on. And then take time to listen. God, show me what is really going on. Spiritually. In my life. In my family. In my work. Lord, help me to discern. Help me to discern what is really going on. The psalmist writes, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And as God speaks to us and shows us what is really going on, uh, we need to respond to what He shows us. If there's something that we have done, if I have done something to allow evil and sin come into my life, you know, I need to own up and say, yeah, yeah. For instance, passivity was a big thing in my life, wasn't it? <laughs> it was. I, I, it took me a long time to discover that I had an issue with passivity. I was very passive in, in raising, you know, in, in helping Sue raise our kids. And, you know, I withdrew a lot emotionally and practically. Uh, I was very passive in many, many areas uh, of my life. It took me a while to recognize, to discern that this is what it is. So I named it, this is passivity, this is wrong, this is evil, this is not right, this is sin. And I then of course needed to go on to the next point, which is to repent. To repent. God's kindness is intended to lead us to repentance. Romans 2 talks about. And repentance is a gift. We turn from agreeing with lies and we turn to aligning ourselves with truth and what God says. And that's what repentance literally means. Repentance means changing one's mind, beginning to see things from God's perspective. Repentance literally means agreeing with God, seeing, God from, seeing things from God's perspective and says, yes God, you are right. That's what repentance means. So repentance, uh, we recognize, we repent, and then we rebuke. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. James writes in chapter 4 of James. Galatians 3 says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. You know there is no need to be kind and gentle with the things which seeks to destroy you. Be aggressive toward temptation. Be aggressive toward sin. Not to people, but to sin. To spiritual evil. Stand firm. Resist. Ask others to pray for you and with you. Read scripture. Pray. Put on worship music. Spend time with people, with those people around you which often inspire faith in you. So, recognize, repent, rebuke, rebuke the enemy. And then, fourthly, and this is really important, is to replace. Colossians 
in Colossians 3, it says, Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices, and have put on the new self. Put on the new self. Begin to think differently. Begin to act differently. Replace that evil with the opposite, with what is good. Realign with the truth. Begin to speak truth. Begin to think truth. And so very practically, think about speaking, doing, living in the opposite. When attacked with fear, the best thing is to step out in faith. When attacked in your finance, the best thing is to be generous and to give. Paul writes, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armour of God so that you can take a stand against the devil's schemes. Amen.